We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yay, yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to VM, the baseball episode. The second episode in this series. I am your host, Tim Patrop, here with the big boss man himself, Nick DeVito. Yes, sir. Let's get it going. Both got the shorts on today. It's how you know baseball's right around the corner. Oh, yeah. You could smell the leather in the air. You could hear the, you could almost hear the in the distance in the wind. Um, but <laughs> I can hear it through my TV through spring training games. That's spring right. Training that's right. We got, we got a ton of stuff for you today, mostly about free agents. Uh, it's very rare. We're recording this on February 25th, but it's very rare that free agents are still out there. Today, we're going to talk about the Manny Machado signing, possibly the first domino to drop. The newest uh, news on Bryce Harper. And we're going to be giving you guys seven free agents, including Bryce Harper. And Big Boss Man is going to tell you exactly where he thinks they're going to end up. Without further ado, let's get started. The VM Baseball Show begins now. I got it! I got it! I got it! So right off the bat, let's get started with, uh, we dropped the first episode two weeks ago, and unlike the other episodes of VM, this is going to be a bi-weekly episode, uh, just because of the nature of baseball. You know, like baseball, um, the storylines don't tend to overlap week to week, but every two weeks you have a nice, a lot of juicy stuff to talk about. So we're going to be doing this every two weeks, but a lot of people, you know, they're like, hey, we want it every week. Um, so we... Let's give you at least this for now. If you want extra VM episodes, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. For a small monthly donation, you can get extra VM episodes, um, access to a whole bunch of stuff that other people don't get access to, uh, access to ask us questions on our shows, access to um, the Discord where our community is one of the better communities that I've ever 
scene online. That uh, we're, we're, we're in there, too, like, we're in there. daily. Yeah, for sure. So uh, join the Patreon, and you can get anything extra. Also, you can follow us on uh, social media. Uh, Nick, just let them know where they can find you. At Endovito27 on Twitter and Instagram. And at Simpatrop. Also, you can follow us at Veterans Minimum. Uh, you're going to see it all the time. We're going to be tweeting on there. Uh, Nick loves to talk about baseball. Uh, loves to tweet about baseball. Already started tweeting about baseball. So, uh, without any further ado, let's get this second episode started. And if you can't find us on these episodes, then go find us online. We live in we live in 2019. <laughs> I'm online, bro. We're here. I'm out We're there. Here. There's no secrets anymore. Um, speaking about no secrets, the secret of where Manny Machado will sign is finally uh, has been solved. Manny Machado signs a 10 year. $300 million deal with the Padres with an opt-out after five years. So there is a way to get out of that contract. Um, your initial thoughts on the Machado signing? I just, it makes me question, like, was there really a market for him? Like, because, you know, what's funny, like, in, in baseball today, people see that signing and the first reaction is, oh, it's all about the money now. Like, what happened to winning and this, this, that. But you have to know your worth. And if, if the teams like the Red Sox who kind of low, not low-balled, but if you look at the J.D. Martinez contract, he's worth way more than what he got. Um, the Yankees haven't shelled out money the last two off-seasons for a big-time player. They haven't really done so since 2009. Um, so it seems like, like I mean, you always harp on this, that the analytics era where um, contracts, like those big-time contracts aren't really handed out anymore. It seems like whoever is willing to hand out that money, that's where the person will go. So see the Padres, they make Back to back splashes and back to back off seasons. They got Hosmer last off season. Um, now they go out and get Machado. So they're spending a little bit, and they know who who their competitors in the NLS. That's the Dodgers, who also like to spend. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I like it. I like the move for Manny Machado. Does it make them a contender right away? I say no. They still need a ton of pitching. Though their prospect pool is the best in baseball, they have no pitching immediately to help them at the major league level. So. That's going to be tough. They could probably hit a ton. They got, you know, Will Myers is in there. Um, Luis Urias is a top prospect at second. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a top prospect at shortstop, which is kind of crazy because we grew up watching Fernando Tatis. Yeah. So it's kind of like weird to see his son now. Eric Hosmer, you can't, you got you to remember him. Like he Eric had Hosmer. a down year, but you right, got to right. remember that he's there, big money contract guy. Right. So they still have like, so, yo, some, they're going to bring some offense, but, um, Immediate reaction is great signing for them. They have that prospect pool. It could be another three to four years for them, um, which is still – they're still going to have prime Machado years, still going to have prime Hosmer years. So I like it. I like it for the Padres. I think it opens the door for them to compete, like I said, within three or four years. I love this move for the Padres. I love this move for Randy Machado. I, I think this is a win-win. Uh, the reason I love the move for the Padres is because they are investing in their future. Like you said, they have the best farm system in baseball. And – you mentioned the hitters. You're not even talking about the 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 pitchers. Mackenzie Gore is is one of those guys who really stands out. Luis Patino, another guy who really stands out. They they have more in the in the minor leagues guys that project to be aces. Right now, there's two things you could do in that situation. You can number one, you could wait, and you have Manny Machado for ten years. So right. you're gonna be putting butts in the seats for that time. And you see how San Diego embraces their stars, right? Tony Gwynn never won a championship when he was in San Diego, but he is revered as one of the most famous uh, people in San Diego history, really. They love the Chargers. They they love their baseball team. They love um, the third baseman, Garvey, right? 
he, the who just recently got in, uh, into the Hall of Fame. So that's a great place to play. It's a great place uh, for fandom. It's a great place to live. Uh, I just have a couple friends that moved out to San Diego. They keep telling me, move out to San Diego, bro. Right. Like, honestly, and if I wasn't doing VM and all this stuff, I, I would really consider it. Right. You know what I mean? Because San Diego's a beautiful place. So that's that's the non-baseball side of it. On the baseball side of it, you got Machado for 10 years. So you're not just in a win-now mode, right? You are building towards the future. And this is the second year in a row where the Padres gave out the biggest contract of the offseason. So a small market team like the Padres, they're making moves. So they see a, a big-time chance in this division. If you go down the division, the Giants are getting older and are kind of getting ready to, towards a rebuild. Right. right. You don't really know what's going on with Mad Bum. Like he's, right. He already had his debut in spring training. He looks, uh, you know, a little rocky. And like you said, getting old, like Buster Posey, they're on the way out. Like that whole core is, they don't really have a core right now. Right. So yeah. So they're, they're you know, kind of fading down. Right. They're on the precipice of are we going to compete? Are we not going to compete? And that's the worst place to be as a team. Right. Then you got Colorado, who definitely has a shot, but you could see them after Nolan. Nolan Arenado is a free agent after this year. Right. So if he's gone, then all of a sudden the Rockies fall out of contention. Uh, you know, they could still hang around, but you, you would think you lose your best player. That's a big time right, hit. Right. You, you know, you, you assume the same about the Nationals this season. Um, on top of that, the Dodgers just traded away a whole bunch of guys and lost Manny Machado. So you have to be concerned about that if you're the Dodgers. On top of that, Clayton Kershaw, his velocity continues to dip. And who knows? Like, they already shut him down with uh, arm issues. Right. And they're not saying what it is. There's like, you know, indefinite shutdown, which is... Always a head scratcher when it's dealing with the arm. So who knows what's going on there? It's it's scary. Right. And then you got the Diamondbacks who just traded Paul Goldschmidt. They are right. clearly in a rebuild. Right. Right. So this is the time to strike. And you're setting yourself up not only for now, but you're setting yourself up for the future. And it's gonna be interesting to see because if the Padres can and I know they have no pitching, but if they can compete and if they can have a solid bullpen like they have every year, and if they could and if their offense could keep them in games enough where they're around 500 around the deadline, you package one of these two kids, one, one or two of these kids for a guy that's going to come available. Maybe a guy like Corey Kluber. Like, I I, I don't know who's going to be available at the... Carrasco, even. Carrasco. Who's, who's yes. available this offseason. Right, Carrasco. It's both, both Indians guys. Uh, you could see crazy things can happen. Like, I could even see... You never know which teams are going to falter that thought they were going to be contenders. But if... Teams do falter that thought they're going to be a contender. A guy like John Lester would become available if the Cubs got out of contention. A guy like Max Scherzer would probably come, become available if the Nats were in fourth place, right? So you have the ability to make moves for veteran guys that could excel, or you could wait for the kids. Right. And it's really up to you, and you really have a lot of flexibility. So I love the move. I think that if you're going to sign anyone, Manny Machado is the guy to sign. Uh, he's only had one really down year in his career, and that was because of injuries, marred by injuries. And the dude is 26 years old, and he's a baller. Right. And he's done it in the playoffs. You saw him do it in the playoffs last year. He's proven in every way. I love this signing all around. I want to ask you one question. Now, he played in Baltimore, like, obviously his whole career, except for a half season. How do you th do you think the move affects him tremendously, moving from the band box that is uh, – Camden Yards to Petco Park because Petco Park is you know it's a I'd say it's a little you know it's it's somewhere in between in it's terms definitely of on pitchers the pitcher and side. hitters ballpark yeah. yeah it's on the pitcher side yeah um that's the only that would concern me 
um, because now I'm talking like fantasy wise, but I'm talking production wise too, because right. like, like it I said, he's gonna be me. playing half his games there, obviously. And I, I remember I was not a big believer in um, things like that, and then. The year that the Mets went from Shea Stadium to City Field, and remember the the Great Wall of Flushing, that yeah, like they had a giant wall, and they gave this stat for David Wright that he had thirty home runs the year before, but the, he had the shortest um, clearing of the wall of anyone, and he went down to eleven home runs the next year because of that ballpark because he didn't have the juice to clear the wall. I'm not worried about that with Manny Machado a lot. I think he has the juice to, to clear the wall. He's also a, an overall great hitter. He'll hit gaps. He is. Um, he'll go the other way. Like he's he's just a five tool stud. So it's it's hard for me to say a ballpark's gonna affect a guy like that. Right, right. And we already talked about Tatis, but he's that puts uh, Machado back at third. I know they said he wants to play shortstop, but when you have someone like Tatis, I'm sure they talked about that and ironed that out because they did have Freddie Galvis there for a couple years as a stopgap. He's since left in free agency to Toronto. It's Galvis's job now. Machado's back at there. So that's man. I'm just thinking like the next three years. Like that's probably one of the most exciting left side of the infields yeah. in baseball. And you you take a look at the middle of that lineup, and I mean Freddie Galvis is a good player. And then in the middle of the lineup, you got Will Myers. Well, Freddie Galvis isn't there anymore. Tatis, I'm talking about. Right, right, right. Right. Well, like that that loss. But I'm saying like he's a good player. Don't right. get me wrong. But you lose him, whatever. You move on. Uh. You got you got in the middle of my Hosmer Machado Myers, now, that's that's and Hunter Renfro Hunter Renfro Hunter, Hunter Renfro and then you got Tatis coming up like that's a lineup that I'd put against a lot of guys already without the prospects up right and Luis Arias who you know he made his debut last year in the bigs wasn't so good hitting wise and people just rave about him as a pure hitter um, I looked up his stats in the minors like he hit at every level and like three hundred like he's a but he'll, he's a spray hitter. Like, he'll hit it everywhere. Not necessarily the home run damage, but he'll get on for those guys. Um, or even in the back end of the lineup, like, he'll be getting on, getting on, making pitchers work, which is what you want when you have those perennial powerhouses at the top of the lineup. You want someone at the bottom of the lineup, particularly in the NL where you have the pitcher hitting, uh, which we talked about, you know, last episode. Go check that out if you haven't. The rule changes. You have the pitcher hitting in the NL. You need someone at the bottom of the lineup to work the pitcher. And that's I think that's perfect for Arias. So, so I think we're both in the same boat where we like the move. Yeah, I'm not like ready to bash it, and, and I'm not ready to bash him because yo, when you, when someone offers you 300 million, the chance to live in Southern California for eight months, uh, he's from Miami already, so he's probably he's, he's gonna love that weather over there. Um, I can't bash it, man. I can't, and, I, and like we both said, like they're gonna be good. In what three, four years? Like I firmly believe in that—that that they'll be a contender um, in the NL West and maybe for a World Series title in three, four years. And he'll be at the heart of that. I'll tell you what, man. If I'm if I'm the White if I'm a White Sox fan, I'm super disappointed that they didn't get Machado. Oh hell yeah! Because they got a lot a lot of guys coming up right now that can make a, a difference. They have a guy like Juan Mancada. I know he I know he had a down year last year, but he's a stud. Uh, they they have a uh, Lucas Giolito. They have a uh, Kopech. Kopech, yeah, coming up from yeah. the from the minors. Um, they have uh, Ronaldo Lopez, Eloy uh, Jimenez too. These guys, Please. these guys are good young players. Yeah, and they went out and signed uh, Yonder Alonso, who was Manny's brother-in-law. That's right. They went out and signed John Jay, who's like his good buddy from Miami. All to get spurned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's got to be. They rough. really tried, and uh, you know it sucks because they got a lot of guys coming together. But hey, who? You know, 
what can you do? And we're how can we forget Jose Abreu? Yeah, Jose Abreu, man, top first Abreu. baseman. Um, so let's move on. Let's talk about this the second biggest name out here. Um, big news today, Bryce Harper. He looked like he was a done deal with the Phillies. I started crying a little bit. Um, <laughs> honestly, if I'm I'm looking at destinations, if I'm Bryce Harper, were just ideal for me. The Phillies got to be up there. I know I'm a homer, but the Mets got to be up there in terms of like pieces around you. And the Dodgers got to be up there. And today, the Dodgers made a splash. They're offering him a shorter term contract, three right. years. Um, they said somewhere in three to four years with a higher AAV average. Right. You know, average. So you got to you got to expect that if he's getting less years, he'll get more money than Machado. So right. what, thirty five, forty a year, something like that. Right. So three years would be like a three year, hundred and. 110 to 120 million dollar deal which would be absurd right um but when you have the best player in the game the one of the best young players in the game uh you take a shot on that uh what do you think the move is uh here do you think he ends up on the dodgers damn i know i know he's considering the giants and the dodgers like i've just read that he wants to stay out west because he's from he's a vegas guy right so for me, just looking at it from afar, the fact that he hasn't taken the Phillies offer yet, and for how many how many weeks has it been? Um, yo, the Phillies, the Phillies, the Phillies, the Phillies owner Middleton is flying out there to meet with him in Vegas, mm-hmm. flying back, no deal. Um, they flew out there before earlier, in, I think in December or January, no deal. So to me, that just I don't know if he's holding out, hoping for the right team to come in and swoop in or. Or he wants that shorter contract, or, or he just doesn't want to go to Philly outright. I don't know what it is, but something tells me he's not going to Philly. And that, I mean, well, some, that something is that he hasn't signed yet. Right. <laughs> so for the Dodgers now to swoop in with the, the shorter term, more money, and you'll be, what, a free agent again before the age of 30, which gives you the chance, if you really believe in yourself and you are a top player, to collect probably more than 400 million in total dollars by the time you send that second contract. Like why not take it? And you'll probably be signing with the best team in the NL West. Um, which is my take. I think they'll win the division, especially if they grab him. Um, you stay close to home out West, right? So why not? You're familiar with the national league. Nothing changes. Just moving out West. The Dodgers bigger market for you. You're Bryce Harper. Like you've been stuck in Washington. Granted, he's still, is getting that publicity. He's on the cover of the MLB The Show this year and all that. But, shit, you're in L.A. now. What more could you want from that in terms of exposure and, you know, other outside deals, endorsements, all that? Why not? Why not take that short-term deal? Why not bank on yourself, collect a nice fat check now, and then in three or four years when you're 30 or 31, collect that second fat check, and then that's it, right off into the sunset. Especially with a guy like Harper. Like, you're not going to get Tommy John surgery and ruin your career. You know what I mean? Like he Right. Could, he could have three bad years. I mean, he's already coming off a bad year, average-wise. Like he's still like two forty, and he's still thought of as this three hundred thirty-plus million-dollar guy. Yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting, man. I don't I don't I don't know how I would approach this if I was Bryce Harper, because, <coughs> like you said, on the one hand, you got a situation where it's L.A., it's the bright lights, it's everything you wanted. They're giving you mad money, right? So they're a contender. Um, so on the one hand, you, and, it, and it seemed as though L.A. Had, was shedding money for him earlier. Like, they just got rid of Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig, right. two guys who were, like, really cornerstones, especially Puig, of, the, of of their season last year. 
So it seemed like they were getting ready to bring on another right fielder. And they have the room. They have the cap space. Right? They have they have the contending squad. Everything's there for Bryce Harper except the, the years and except the long-term commitment. And I think that he's – right now he is – Dead set on that. I was listening to the um, the Freakonomics podcast the other day, and uh, I was listening to an interview with Marcus Teixeira, and he said, everything you do in baseball is all geared towards signing one contract. And you want to make it a seven- to ten-year contract worth multi-millions of dollars. Right. And once you do that, you're kind of set, and you can start really concentrating on other things. Um, I think Bryce wants that. I don't think he wants to worry about this in another three years. But at the same time, you can't force a market. And it's February 25th, and we're still talking about this guy maybe signing somewhere. Kind of yeah. soon, maybe. And you never know what's going to happen. There's a good chance that in between us recording this and releasing this podcast, he gets signed. Like, and That's what it feels like. It feels like it can happen any minute. Or it right. feels like it, it can happen at the end of the month, like right, or right before it, opening day. Who knows? Or maybe it never happens. Like, I remember, remember J.D. Drew? Yeah. When J.D. Nah, Drew was one of the no best. Way. Look, J.D. I mean, Drew was one of the best young players out there. He ended up signing a five-year, $75 million deal, I think, with the Red Sox. But he was a free agent until May. And yeah. I believe that Bryce Harper's agent is Scott Boris. It is, yeah. That's up Boris's alley. Yeah, I, I, I mean, can't I, see that. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I just it's can't not see out of the realm Bryce of possibilities. Like, wanting to sit out. Not wanting to sit out, but like I can't see him sitting out. That's true. But, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibilities. It's not. I mean, but. He's kind of a douchebag, too. Like, he would do something like that. You know I don't know. Like you, you, well, you're, this is a Mets fan perspective. That's true. But, I, I mean, him being a douchebag, I don't think is a is a, is debatable like at Bryce. this point. I mean, he, there's a bunch of douchebags that I like. I mean, yeah, he does have a, you know, douchey persona. <laughs> um, So, that's one of the guys. So, let's do this, then. Um, We have a list here of seven free agents. Let's start off with Bryce Harper. And. Nick, I want your, you know, I'm calling you Nick because we're alone because there's not another Nick here. People are probably like, what the hell is he talking about, Nick? Boss's real name is Nick, for those of you who don't that know. That is, Nick and Nick. Um, um, Bryce Harper, where do you think he ends up at the when everything is all said and done? I think he's going to go with the Giants. Ooh. I texted you this earlier. Sexy. I don't think he takes the short-term deal, right? I think he wants the term. I just don't think he wants to go to Philly, like I said. And the only West Coast team close to home, Vegas, that's offering or supposedly offering him this term that's in the mix is the Giants. Now, I talked about the Giants, how they're not really, you know, like we talked about, they're on the, they're trending down more than they are, like in terms of competing. But shit, the signing Bryce Harper could turn things right around, you yeah. know? Um, now, do I think that's the best spot for him uh, production wise? No, because obviously I think it's ATT Park now. That's a tough park to hit in. Yes. I mean, it is hitter-friendly considering you have all those gaps in right center, especially if he, being a lefty, he can shoot that all day long if he wants to and probably rack up triples. But he's shooting for the home runs. They got that tall wall in right field. Center field is miles and miles and miles away. Um, So, yeah, it's a tough place to hit for a left-handed hitter. But I could see him going there. Um, I think it makes sense. Him and Belt would be a nice one-two combo. Uh, Belt coming off – a decent year. I mean, he was really hot early in the year, got hit with injury, and then kind of fell off. Um, but, yeah, Pence is no longer there. They're kind of short in in the outfield. Um, I think he'd fit right in, and he'd help them uh, turn things around kind of quickly, I think. So according to Bob Nightingale of USA Today, 
At the moment, there are three teams in on Bryce Harper, the Phillies, Dodgers, and, and the Giants. Right. Um, and I think he goes to the – I think he uh, – this is going to hurt me, boss. I think he goes to the Phillies, man. You think so? Like I, I, I said, after all this time, he's he hasn't taken that offer. Like, I, you think he's – like, something's in the click and just be like, ah, right, yeah. I, there's, the something, there's something about Bryce Harper, man. Let's think about what – the, like his, he's kind of been the Mike, uh, not the Michael Jordan, the LeBron James of baseball, right? Remember, he was a phenom when he was seventeen. I mean, fifteen, he was hitting uh, balls out of stadiums. There was rumors that he was hitting them five hundred feet. Um, he got that GED to get a like right to go to community his college. Dad, his dad gets him a GED, goes to community college. He 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 gets drafted number one overall. He makes his debut. I don't even think a year into his professional service time. Um, and really, his the talk that he's been talking ever since then has kind of just been, um, you know, I don't want to talk about free agency. I'm not. I'm not settled down anywhere. Any of this, blah 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 blah. And I think that he wants a long term deal. I think that his goal is to get a secure place to play in the long term. And I think it's with the Phillies. And I think they're gonna. They're going to contend. They just signed Aaron Nola for a four-year, $45 million deal, which in my opinion is an absolute steal. They're going to, we're going to look back on that deal and say, what on earth was Aaron well, Nola thinking? I think it's a bridge deal, though. Like, so for he, sure. So he bought out his uh, arbitration years, which makes him a free agent but he uh, also, quicker. Doesn't he also buy out two of his free agent years? In well, that in that deal, I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I think he gets the free agency quicker with that deal. Interesting. He avoids arbitration and all that. Okay, interesting. Maybe I'm maybe I'm. Uh, so that's why he took the cheaper money to get those uh, free agency. I mean, Ian Snell's another guy who did that exact same Severino thing. Severino did the same. Severino thing. Severino did the same thing. So, uh, say Ian Snell, Blake Snell. Uh, Ian, remember Ian Snell? Why is that name? Uh, he was a skinny. pitcher in like '06 for the Pirates. I I, I want to remember that. He was name. like half black, half white. He's like a light skinned Black dude. Was he? Yeah. I'm about to look him up now. Yeah, Ian Snell. Like, wow. Yo, I always say Ian Snell. I can't stop saying Um, Because, he, yo, I would always acquire him in MLB The Show. I mean, not MLB The Show. MLB MVP Baseball. And he would always, like, get better. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. (laughs) That's funny. He was on the Pirates. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, you you see the same thing. So, I don't know, man. I I think he's going to end up with the Phillies. It hurts me to say, look, I know I'm a Met fan, and I know, you know, you guys can call me a homer all you want. I really think that's his best fit. And if the if the Mets weren't like a small market team playing in in New York because their owners suck, um, hey man, he would fit perfectly for that on the squad. To be fair, the Mets did some damage this year in the offseason, though. They went out and got Lowry. They traded for Cano. They traded for Edwin Diaz. They did all this, so, and they, they ended up saving money. Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah. they got better, and like, I can't be mad at that though. They got better, but uh, it does fit the narrative of them being cheap. Speaking of uh, teams that are spending. The Boston Red Sox have not been afraid to spend, um, and they have a free agent closer. Craig Kimbrell is their free agent closer, one of the better free uh, closers in baseball. <coughs> Excuse me, still one of the best K's to walk ratios in the history of baseball. As a person who had to watch him close out games for the Braves every single year, and another person here has to watch him close out uh, against the Red Sox, we you could he's one of the more dominant pitchers ever in our history in our time. Um, where do you see him going? He's still a free agent. I just want to start with, I hate watching him pitch because I hate that whole, like, hanging the arm shit. Going from Papelbon to where, like, he's like, yo, I'm going to look down and, like, blow a kiss at you when I look up to now the arm hanging. Like, it, it can't get any more Boston Red Sox than that for it, me. It's true. Like, yo, it, it's kind of like is... um, Michael Myers when he's, like, 
when he's like stalking his predator, like I mean his prey, and he's walking and they're running as fast as they can, but somehow he's he's constantly right behind them. Yeah, Yo, that like, shit would freak me out, bro. <laughs> it would, it would. That's why I feel about Kimbrel and Papelbon watching them pitch. Shit pisses me off more than it freaks me out. But um, yeah, I got him going back to Boston. Um, their bullpen is looking depleted. I know if you look across town and the Yankees, who they're competing with for the division, that bullpen is loaded. I mean, they went out and got out of Eno. They bought back Zach Britton. Uh, they still have Roldis Chapman, Batances, Chad Green, all those guys. And then you look at the Red Sox bullpen, it's kind of unimpressive. You have Matt Barnes now who's going to have to step in and close uh, if the season started today. And then you have Workman, Heath Hembry, like a bunch of, you know, front-of-the-mill guys. Like Stephen Wright is in there as a knuckleballer uh, if he's not in the rotation. So very, very unimpressive bullpen with little to no closing experience. So if you're the Red Sox, man – he was I know he faltered a little bit in the postseason, but he has to be your guy. Yeah. Like there's no one really out there on the market that is gonna replace him. And he's familiar with your team. He's been there for a couple of years now. Like you gotta bring him back, I feel like. Um I don't think the term or the money should matter, especially when you're the Red Sox. You have there's no cap in baseball. We say this all the time. Boston is top of the market. Um, they're coming off a World Series win. Like they have this all this revenue. You have to have someone to close games for you. Especially in the AL East with the Yankees there. You know they're gonna win games. You have to have someone finish these games for you. Now you have the starters, right? You have Chris Sale, uh, David Price, right, Porcello, and they brought back Evaldi, which is all good and gravy. But if you don't have someone closing out on the back end of the bullpen, there's games that are gonna get blown from these guys that they'll pitch to a 2-1 lead going into the 7th or a one nothing lead going into the 8th. You know, like, you need someone there. And if Kimbrell's not that guy, then I have my doubts about how far the Red Sox will go this year without a bullpen. It's it's tough because there's a lot of teams right now that could use a closer. That's like, true, too. There's not a lot of teams that have a guy who's going to be a absolute stud at the back of the bullpen and I would hate I hate to keep harping on these guys, but now if they don't get Bryce Harper, I mean the Phillies look like a team that could use that now. Um, as the, at the moment, Sir Anthony Dominguez is is uh, oh that is yeah, yeah great name. He's the he, <laughs> Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. I had a, I had one I once had a kid named Ya Majesty Y A apostrophe Majesty. Um, good but name. look, he made his debut last season and. He did good, and uh, he's a strikeout pitcher, and he's everything you want in a closer. But if you are looking to compete this season, you need a guy in the back of that bullpen that's going to shut things down. And if you're looking at the back of the Phillies uh, bullpen, you have Sir Anthony Dominguez, and you have David Robertson, who they just signed, and Hector Naris, right. right? Who's who's who who's used to be, to be their a, closer? Yeah, right. he was supposed, right. He was their closer to start the year and right. fell apart. So. If you now move Naris into the sixth inning and you put David Robertson in an eighth inning situation because that's where he thrives, Kimbrell in the back of the bullpen, and then Sir Anthony Dominguez in the seventh inning, all of a sudden you have a really formidable bullpen and you have a and you have guys who can who can end games. And there's you look at the closer situation around baseball and it's really it's really frustrating to see a guy like Kimbrell not have uh, not be on a team uh, when there's guys out there who are closing games. Who are 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 just not trustworthy. So it, I don't, his old team, the Braves can use him. Um, right now, AJ Minter is their is their closer. Uh, again, not a guy who's going to 
completely scare you. Not to mention he's he's a lefty. So not going to completely scare you. Also, definitely not going to completely scare you, scare you if you have a team full of righties, which is what how teams are built. So it's it's interesting to see there's a lot of options for him. Um and to, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. It's definitely going to be interesting. Um, moving on to our next guy, uh, let's go to Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel still unsigned. Um, this one was this one was also extremely surprising because Dallas Keuchel is in the prime of his career. Uh, he's had yes, he did have that one really really off season, right. uh, but he's sandwiched them in between two really quality years. Um, what do you see out of out of Dallas? Uh, I'd love to see him go to the Twinkies, the Twins, um, the Twins. So far, have had a productive offseason. They just signed Marwin Gonzalez, yes. who was a huge name we didn't mention off the top. Two years, I think, $21 million, which is, in my opinion, a really nice discount for someone who could play another Astro. any position, any day. Yeah, another Astro. Um, but, yeah, they're getting back Michael Pineda this year, who they traded for um, two years ago. He sat out last year. He'll be in the middle of the rotation. And then they have Jose Barrios, who's projected to be an ace, right? But... Hasn't really put it together for a full season. He's shown dominant stuff. He's shown flashes. Um, but is that someone you want to rely on when you go out in the offseason and you bring in Nelson Cruz, you bring in C.J. Crone, you sign Max Kepler to an extension? Like, they had a really, really productive offseason. So I think Dallas Keuchel would be like the cherry on top of get that guy who has that playoff pedigree. He's pitched to a Cy Young caliber level. He can be an ace of his staff. And he's pitching in a hitter-friendly ballpark. I mean, a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Excuse me. That's the most. That might be the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in baseball in Minnesota. Um, deep dimensions and that huge wall in right field and goes all the way out to right center. Um, left field is a mile away. So, yeah, I would love for him to go there. They have Oda Rizzi, who they picked up last year. Pineda. Kyle Gibson had a great year last year. But if you stack Dallas Keuchel on top of all that, that really makes things interesting in the AL Central where the Indians lost a ton of guys like Edwin Encarnacion, Michael Brantley, Josh Donaldson, who they had for the end of the year last year. Um, the Indians are a squad that really has the pitching with Carrasco, Bauer, and Corey Kluber. But when it comes to hitting, like the, I think the Twins have the advantage. And if you add Dallas Keuchel to your staff, that helps immensely. Uh I'm going to go with a team that's also in the same uh, state as uh, Cleveland. I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, here's why. They've already made tremendous improvements to their team. Uh, really, a lot of them coming in one trade. Uh, Yasuel Puig and Matt Kemp and Alex Wood all coming over. On top of that, they get Sonny Gray from the Yankees, right, who proves that he could be an ace in a situation where maybe he's not as pressured as with the Yankees. So... <clears throat> You have those guys added to a, a an already solid lineup. Joey Votto, Scooter Jeanette, uh, Suarez. Like, these guys can hit, right? So, if you are looking at this rotation, you got Sonny Gray, you got Alex Wood, Luis Castillo, Tanner Roark. Roark, who they Roark. picked up, too, from the Nationals. That is a really good top four. If you add Keichel in that mix, he's a ground ball specialist, and in... The Great American Bandbox, you know that it the balls are flying out of there. Balls have fly, flown out of there since the very inception of the entire ballpark. So 
you need a ground ball guy. You need a guy to go along uh, with this. Uh, incredibly, the Reds have not had two starters with a sub 3.5 ERA that pitched at least 150 innings since Johnny Cueto and Alfredo Simon in 2014. So you have a chance to give yourselves give yourself a situation where the guy who you thought was going to be your best player, Luis Castillo, who had a who had a down year last season, he now gets pushed to the fifth or fourth pitcher in your rotation. Right. And you have a bunch of guys who and and also you're going lefty righty, lefty righty, lefty righty. Like this that would be a really good icing on the cake of we're the Reds, we're here, and we're here to make noise. So I think that Dallas Keiko to the Reds. I fuck with that. They have a nice back end too at Hasael Iglesias uh closing games. Amir Garrett fireball from St. John's. Shout out St. John's played basketball there. Inside, you know, take the baseball route, more money. Um, but yeah, they have a nice little back end of the bullpen too. So yeah, that would be. They're kind of like making moves. I like the Reds over a win total this year because the moves they made. And Joey Votto has got to be a prime bounce back candidate because he's just because he's Joey Votto. What's their? Uh, I think it's like five hundred. It was like seventy-seven and a half or like eighty-one. Mm. I gotta look it up, but yeah, it's they could win games in that NL Central, man, especially with the Pirates there. Um. It's escaping. I mean, the Cubs are probably the class of the division, but I could see them finishing right behind the Cubs. Um, let's go on to I mean, the G- crew, the Brewers too. I can't discredit the Brewers. Like, yeah, can't forget about the Brewers and the, and the MVP of the league on that squad. Let's move over to um, the uh, Gio Gonzalez. Let's talk about uh, the former Nats lefty who had a, a couple of very good years with the A's and then with, with Washington has a couple stinkers. Sprinkled in, right. and has never really got under control with his walks. He reminds me of a better Oliver Perez, <laughs> you know, like because he kind of has the same stuff, the same kind of mental issues where he lefty. can't hit the strike zone. Lefty, yeah. So, um, who? What's your best fit for Gio? I have Gio Gonzalez going to the Mets. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Mets, like I said earlier, they've spent some money this off season. I think this would be a nice topping. We saw. Uh, they went out and signed Jason Vargas last year, right? And I kind of like that move. He had a he was coming off a phenomenal year in Kansas City, but ultimately flopped big time. Uh, finished strong though, I will say that he had a couple uh, good outings at the end of the year. Um, but then you have Degrom, right? Degrom is Degrom, Cy Young, best pitcher in baseball, you can argue. And then you have Syndergaard, Wheeler, Mats, and the Wheeler Mats combo at three four is always like I'm always watching the game or watching. You know, the tabloids praying like, yo, these guys need to stay healthy and the Mets can finally compete, which is what they set out to do when they acquired all these guys, right? Wheeler through trade for Beltron, I think it was. Syndergaard in the Dickey trade. So they have all these young guys in place. It's just they've never had them in place for a sustainable amount of time. So I think Gio Gonzalez, if he's coming on the low on a one-year deal, if he can't get any deals out there, why not? It's a solid death piece, and he can still go out there every five days. He can be your fifth starter if you don't want to go to Vargas. You can stick Vargas in the bullpen, you know, for all that matters. Or you can use him as an opener and have a lefty out of the bullpen for one year. Like, I think it's a no-brainer, uh, regardless, to bring him in. Not to mention, in 17 starts in City Field in his career for Gio Gonzalez, 11-2 and record with a <laughs> 1.75 ERA. So how can you say no, Terry? I can't say no. I would love to see him on the Mets. I think that he would be a perfect fit. I think not only do you take him away from, he's been a Mets killer. Right. And not only do you take him away from a division rival. Well, he was. I think he finished with the crew last year. He got traded to the crew. Right, 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 right. right. So, I mean, 
okay, so you don't technically take him away from your right. division rival, but you do get a guy who has had success in your ballpark, who you've seen, who you're very familiar with, uh, who's very familiar with you, and you put him in to take the place of Jason fucking Vargas, who <laughs> not like, come on, the guy throws 86 miles an hour. Uh-huh. I mean, I I might throw harder than Jason Vargas, like no lie. Jason fucking Vargas. <laughs> yeah, come on, like what are you? What are you, like? Come on, come on. He the dude had a six ERA in the first half last season. Yeah, he was miserable. He was miserable. So you miserable. can't you can't go into the season expecting him to be your fifth starter and expecting to win once every five days. I, I don't think that that goes into. It. But you go with Gio Gonzalez, and again, Gio Gonzalez did have a a, a down year last year, four point two one ERA, uh, ten wins, eleven losses. That's exactly not um, the guy that you want. When he got traded to the Brewers, 3-0 record over five starts there with a 2.31 ERA. So maybe he just needed a change of scenery. We see that a lot. I like I like your prediction of Gio Gonzalez uh, with the Mets. I like that a lot. Let's go to uh, Adam Jones, uh, the center fielder. Love Adam Jones. Uh, he's he struggled in the past few years, but great guy, great teammate. Great clubhouse um, guy. Great clubhouse guy. Uh, where do you see him uh, having a good effect on a clubhouse this year? I'm going to go to the Nationals. Mm. Um, I know the Nationals have two top young guns in Juan Soto and Victor Robles uh, in the outfield. And they also traded for Adam Eaton, right? They gave up Giolito, which was like a huge deal. They were giving up their top pitching prospect for Adam Eaton, who's good, but who's been injury riddled. Um, so, yeah, I put him out there with those three. Um, I think he could spell either one of them. Um, if they're struggling, I know Victor Robles and so well not Soto because Soto's here to stay. He was almost rookie of the year, right behind the uh, Acuna. There we go. Fucking escape me for a second, Ronald Acuna. Um, but I could see him. You know, if Robles needs an option or Adam Eaton goes down again, which is almost inevitable. I feel like, unfortunately, the guy can't stay healthy. Why not? He he'd be a great fourth outfielder for them. Um, he'd give them production, you know, off the bench. And like I said, like. There's no replacement for good clubhouse guys. He's been to the playoffs with the Orioles in years past. Um, been part of Team USA with the World Baseball Classic. Has won it all with them. Yo, this dude is just a winner, and he brings attitude, and he commands respect. And that's someone I would want on my team. And I think that's that's a good fit for the Nets, who are still trying to compete uh, in the NL East, despite you know possibly losing out on Bryce Harper. Right? They still spent on Corbin. They bought him in. They bolstered their rotation with that. Now they have Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. There's not many three uh, starting pitchers better than those three. Um, so yeah, why not? I bring in uh, Adam Jones. You know what, man? I like I like him to the Braves. I know you mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> I, re- I I think that he would be a perfect fourth outfielder on that squad. I can't really think of a place where he would be a starter besides probably Baltimore. Like, if he wanted yeah. to re-sign with Baltimore, he would go and slot in as a starting center fielder. Yeah, but they're set on losing, man. I right. can't see him, like, going back there. And he's 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 really digressed. So you can't expect to go in. He reminds me a lot of... Regressed. He, 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 he reminds me a lot of Curtis Granderson. Right. Uh, in terms of their career arcs. So if he can go somewhere and be a fourth outfielder and, you know, get on base a little more and be a really, like, positive club a clubhouse guy to the Braves and their young stars, I think that that's good. And, and you know... He can get a lot of playing time because Nick Markakis is up there in age. Nick so, who? Markakis. Markakis, bro. Yeah, it's Mark. It's, it's Markakis. Markakis. Uh, of course. The <laughs> Greek. Uh, so I mean, it's uh, I I like that personally. Uh, we got two more left. Let's go to Clay Buckholtz, who made a uh, dynamic comeback last year. One of the best stories of the year uh, with the Diamondbacks. Uh, one of my brother Michael's 
most irrationally favored dudes. Clay in, Buckles. In, Clay Buckles just loves him for no yeah, reason every single horrible. year. Loves Clay Buckles. Um, where do you see Clay Buckles uh, ending up? I have him going uh, back to Arizona. Um, I know they got rid of Goldschmidt, but yo, that rotation is still decent. He had a good year uh, there last year. I know they. I forget what they freaking did exactly. I don't know if you could look it up for me quick, Tim, but they did something with the baseballs last year in Arizona. They changed. I don't know if it was like inside the stadium. Um, it was something they did that made it. You know, it was going to make it the harder. humidifier. No. Yeah, yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to make it harder for the ball to travel inside the stadium. So. I don't know if that helped or not because he had a resurgent year pitching there. Um, it's what in what's known as like an offensive park. Uh, I know it as Bank One Ballpark. I, oh, it's called Chase Chase Ballpark now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would have him going back there, right? They still have Zach Granke uh, leading that rotation, and I think he could slot in behind like a Zach Godley or a Robbie Ray. Um, pitch to the bottom of the rotation. Uh, they picked up Luke Luke Weaver, who was once who's been a top prospect. I feel like for years in that Goldschmidt trade. So he's going to be the fourth or you know top of the rotation guy, and I think he'd be a perfect piece for the for the bottom. I mean he he kind of fell off in Boston, right? Uh, went to Philly, didn't really hear from Philly. He had some injuries he was dealing with. Now he rebounded nicely last year in uh, Arizona. So I'd go back to where things worked out, maybe on a one year, maybe get some term if if you think if Arizona thinks they could, you know, have him at this this rate you know pitching this well for a couple years um why not I, man clay buckles i don't know how was it jason who likes him michael michael yo i've never hated like he was that he was also like the prototypical boston red Sox with the, the greasy hair and it, like, it was always suspicious that he had like pine tar in his hair because he would always <laughs> reach for his hair i don't know if, like that was the thing in like yankees twitter and all that stuff that he because Pinedo's getting busted with the pine tar. And I'm just like, yo, what about Clay Buckholz? Like, this, <laughs> this dude's like literally always tapping the back of his hair and he looks like a grease ball. So, but he's since shaved his hair. He's going with the, you know, the Caesar now. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I put him back in Arizona. Let him, let him go back to where, where things finally started working out again. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. You, you, you got to go back. I, I, there's not really much to say. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a chance on Clay Buckholz if I was one of these teams, unless I was Arizona. Right, uh, like if I'm a top team, like you said, I'm not taking a chance on yeah. Clay Buckles. So like, let, go back him, to let him stay in you know one of the lower level teams, right? Let him succeed. I feel like he'd be top pitcher for a bad team. Put put the numbers together, put it back to back years together, and then maybe see what's out there next year. And our last player that we are going to be uh, covering, Irvin Santana. Now, Irvin Santana had a middle finger injury, uh, missed most of the season as a result last year. Um, they declined his contract. Uh, afterwards, 36 years old now, two-time All-Star, uh, 2017, 16-8, and 3.2 ERA, 1.13 whip um, in 211 innings, so really good year before he got hurt. Irvin Santana has always been one of those guys where he has a good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. So what do you see out of Irvin Santana this year? And, yeah, he's uh, one year removed from starting a playoff game, right? He started the wild card game for the Twins in 2017. That's right. Against the Yankees. Yeah, I'm going to go with a hot take. I don't know if it's that hot. I'm going to say he calls it quits. Really? Just retires? Yeah. Or he just has no suitors. Or like you said, not not comparing him to J.D. Drew, but he'll like he'll hold out till you know, someone gets injured or someone goes down and teams get desperate. I'm like, all right, we'll bring in Urban Santana in, at the end of April or early May, something like that. But I don't see him really signing with a team out of camp. 
Um, he's probably asking for like a good amount of money. He probably wants to be a front end guy, and I don't see any competitive teams offering that right now. Um, if he wants to go to a small market, maybe like a Kansas City, somewhere like that. If he wants to take his talents there, or I can't even see like an Angels reunion because they're gonna miss Otani for a little bit. Well, for the year, pitching wise. So maybe he can go back there, but shit, I just don't see like any suitors for Irvin Santana right now. Um, I said resign with the Twins. Twins need some starting help. Yeah. Nah. I mean, if they whiff on Keiko, he doesn't excite me. Yeah, nah. So that's what I'm saying. Like Irvin Santana doesn't do it for me. We made. We may have. He's another one like Vargas. He doesn't throw hard anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he does have a good year every other year. I don't know what it is about him, but he. So he's due this year. He's due. That's the rules. Right. Someone <laughs> gives him what one year, twelve million. Dems the breaks. Um, so that's our free agent primer. There's a couple more free agents out there uh, that are still unsigned, and a lot of news has been made because now it's getting to the point where the players' association is getting involved, and um, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like play, uh, lawyer talk around free agents and what's happening to the game, and so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, who goes where and who ends up not going anywhere because the names we said in years past would have been gobbled up right, right. away. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, we're going to be coming at you. Next time we come at you is going to be in two weeks. Big boss man over here is on his way to Miami, Miami yeah. uh, this week. So not for spring training, though. Not I'm, for spring training. But you guys should catch some spring training while he does That would be cool. Probably won't have the time to, but <laughs> there's no way. Shit, if the opportunity presented itself. I would pounce. They're going to a bachelor party, just so you know. So. Exactly. So. Yeah, not, not exactly a free week. but yeah. So the next time we're going to come at you, we'll see you on um, the 5th, right? We'll be we'll be released. No, no, the 12th. No, 12th. We'll be releasing on the 12th. So, um, That's if, perfect. My uh, fantasy baseball draft got scheduled for that weekend, 17th, St. Paddy's Day. So nice. I'll nice. be locked in. We'll be talking about some fantasy. Maybe next episode we'll talk about some fantasy. Maybe some sleepers Maybe. and things like that. Um, but until next time, I am Tim Petrop. You can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're on real, real, real. Frisky Boss, where can they find you? At Endovito27 on Twitter and the gram. Uh, remember, if you want to support us and get some extra VM content, patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Veterans Minimum. On Instagram, at uh, Veterans Minimum again. We, we, you know, we got this whole... Uh, um, what, what do you call it? Branding thing on lock. Down you know pad, what I'm saying? Down pad. At Veterans Minimum takes you to us only. <laughs> That's right. It took a couple years, but we got it. It did. Um, so uh, without any further ado, I bid you adieu uh, for the big boss man. I'm Tim. Uh, see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.